Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. My show minus part of a thumb. <laughs> welcome. It hurts, but I'll be okay. The phone number, 877-973-7425. Should you wish to be a part of this here program, um, I, I, today is the January 6th committee hearing moment. I have to be polite and dance around this to some degree. Um, I, um, how do I, um, how do I go there? Uh, let me, let me just put it this way. I, I'm sorry. Some moments require diplomacy. This is one of those moments. Many of the radio stations that you're listening to will carry the January 6th committee hearing live. I personally think they are wasting their time, though I realize it's the moment, the big news moment of the day. But I think it will be for, particularly for conservative radio audiences, um, a, a signal that will not go well. Because I think we should not uh, underestimate the ability of the Democrats to turn this into a partisan gab fest. I want to begin with a couple of juxtapositions. And first and foremost, audio of Elizabeth Warren on MSNBC yesterday. But I'm very hopeful because I feel a real sense of Democrats united here. Yeah. You know, look at it this way. The Republicans, how do we get in this mess? And part of the answer is because the Republicans have fought for this for a long time. Yeah. They have had a long-term strategy to get one extremist after another onto the Supreme Court. And ultimately, of course, stealing a Supreme Court seat, uh, rushing through another Supreme Court nominee, and having Supreme Court nominees, as I recall, who all said Roe versus Wade was settled law That's and right. they weren't going to interfere with settled law. Yeah. So we got all that done. Mm -hmm. But the point is, they've been after this, aggressively hard fighting it for years and years and years. We have counted on, on the other side, on the Supreme Court, to protect our individual rights. Right. Well, it's pretty clear we better stop doing that. Yeah. And it's pretty clear right now we better be willing to fight back twice as hard yeah. as the Republicans fought to get here. Because this is about protecting all of us. Elizabeth Warren went on MSNBC yesterday to talk about Roe v. Wade and abortion. Less than 12 hours after reports surfaced of a would-be assassin of Brett Kavanaugh outside Brett Kavanaugh's home. Today on the front page of the New York Times, the New York Times divides its front page into columns. It has five columns across the front page. The big story tends to take up the middle above the fold of the printed New York Times. The big story taking up all of column two and all of column three is inside an attack on democracy with a big color picture of the mob scaling the Capitol on January 6th. It then subdivides column two and column three so that you see, um, you see various stories that are covered, planting seeds of doubt, hostile takeover bid, fighting in the courts, 
fake elections and pits, executive orders, and the mob. If you scroll down to the bottom of the front page of today's New York Times, you will see at the very bottom of the front page, in the second of the five columns, one little block. It's assigned to page A10. No, no, I'm sorry. It's assigned to page A20, the very back of the first section of the New York Times. Arrest near home of justice. Officials said an armed man who went to Maryland with plans to kill Justice Brett Kavanaugh has been charged with attempted murder. That's it. That's all it says. That's all it says. The bias is pretty striking. There was no mention of the assassination attempt on Brett Kavanaugh on the front page of USA Today or the Chicago Tribune. The Los Angeles Times and the New York Times had it, but in tiny, tiny print at the very bottom of the front page and then buried it overall. On CNN.com, it's the 26th story down on their website. Yesterday, Ron Klain appeared on MSNBC, on Nicole Wallace's program, in the 4 p.m. hour on MSNBC. The chief of staff to the president of the United States received exactly zero questions about the would-be assassin of Brett Kavanaugh. And then Elizabeth Warren goes on television yesterday after it happens and tells the left they've got to fight twice as hard as the Republicans after the mayor of Chicago told progressive activists to take up arms against the Supreme Court. And Chuck Schumer said uh, that Neil Gorsuch and Brett Kavanaugh would reap the whirlwind for getting rid of abortion rights. Tonight, broadcast networks, radio stations, cable news outlets, and more are going to have wall-to-wall, uninterrupted coverage of the hearings about January 6th and how Donald Trump inspired a mob to storm the United States Capitol. The very people who tell you Donald Trump's words matter and provoked an insurrection, they will say, are the very same people not uttering a single word about a would-be assassin of a United States Supreme Court justice. They want you to care about January 6th and not about a would-be assassination attempt on a justice of the United States Supreme Court because they're really worried about threats to democracy until they're not. They're really worried about the disorder of the constitutional system of this country until they're not. They're worried about it when it comes to preservation of their power. They're not worried about it when it may free up a vacancy on the Supreme Court that they could pick a partisan progressive to fill. This is why no news outlet in the country should even bother covering this thing tonight live. The media outlets tomorrow are going to cover it hysterically anyway. There's no point in covering it live because it's going to be a one-sided gab fest where everyone's on the same page with no opportunity for any sort of dissent or other consideration. And several of the stories that have already come out from the January 6th committee have had to be walked back or otherwise modified, including did the vice president's chief of staff ask the Secret Service for security detail because the president was going to turn on him? The Secret Service had Itself after that leak has come out and said that never happened. If Donald Trump's words matter so much, 
that he provoked an insurrection and a riot towards Congress to shut down their counting of the Electoral College, then surely Democrats' words matter too when a would-be assassin shows up to gun down Republicans in Congress in 2017 and shows up to gun down a Supreme Court justice and his family on uh, June of, of 2022. David Brooks, writing in the New York Times today, what is the January 6th committee for? Committee members and Democratic operatives have been telling reporters what they hope to achieve with the hearings that begin Thursday evening. My New York Times colleague, Annie Carney and Luke Broadwater, wrote an article with the headline, January 6th hearings give Democrats a chance to recast midterm message. Democrats, they reported, are hoping to use the hearings to show midterm voters how thoroughly Republicans are to blame for what happened that day. Other reports have suggested other goals. The committee members are trying to show how much Donald Trump was involved with efforts to overturn the election. So he is forever discredited. They are expected to use witnesses like the former White House aide, Cassidy Hutchinson, to show exactly what went on inside the administration that day and in the lead up to it. One lawmaker told the Washington Post, voters have shifted their attention to issues like inflation and the pandemic, so it is key to tell a gripping story that actually breaks through. No offense, but these goals are pathetic. Using the events of January 6th as campaign fodder is small-minded and likely to be ineffective. If you think if you think you can find the magic moment that will finally discredit Donald Trump in the eyes of the electorate, you haven't been paying attention for the last six years. Sorry, boomers. But this is not the Watergate scandal in which we need an investigation to find out who said what about whom in the Oval Office. The horrors of January 6th were out in public. The shocking truth of it was what we all saw that day and what we've learned about the raw violence since. We don't need a committee to regurgitate what happened. We need a committee that will preserve democracy on January 6, 2025 and January 6, 2029. We need a committee to locate the weaknesses in our system and society and find ways to address them. And that's not going to happen. You all know that's not going to happen. What's going to happen is a partisan reframing orchestrated by the former president of ABC News for the Democrats to try to regain some momentum for November. To the media outlets that are covering this live, you're doing an in-kind contribution to the Democrats. You're not preserving democracy. You're not really covering the news. You're covering a campaign event for the Democrats with a couple of Republicans helping them. There's no reason they need to do this out in the open on primetime television, except Joe Biden's popularity in the Quinnipiac poll today is 35%, the lowest it's been. Only 25% of Americans support him right now, according to the Quinnipiac poll. That's why this is happening in primetime. And you can tell that members of the media who care greatly about January 6th and the Democrats who care greatly about January 6th don't really care about the American constitutional order because they've all buried the story of a would-be assassin on a Supreme Court justice because they don't like which team that justice is on. You can tell their very high-minded take on this 
is all partisan grandstanding because the very Democrats who yesterday could pass a resolution condemning white replacement theory and passing gun control could not pass a piece of legislation that's been with them for multiple weeks, expanding security for Supreme Court justices and their families. They couldn't bring themselves to do it. They blocked a Republican attempt to bring it to the floor. The measure passed the Senate unanimously weeks ago. If they really care about our constitutional order, they would pass that legislation and protect Supreme Court justices from would-be assassins who are no longer hypothetical, but very real. Instead, they want to grandstand on January 6th, and members of the media are willing to help the Democrats do a, 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 um, a, a to do an in-kind contribution to do an extended campaign ad. Don't get me wrong. January 6th should matter. January 6th should matter greatly. But the issue is not what happened. We know what happened. Everybody knows what happened. They're not going to find some new silver bullet to take out Donald Trump. That's what they want. They're not going to find it. What they could do is make changes to the Electoral College Act to make it clear the vice president's role is ceremonial. There's enough votes in the House and the Senate to get that done over a filibuster, but they won't do it. Nope. Instead, they want to have a primetime hearing covering something, the facts of which are largely already known, and several of the facts of which that have already leaked have had to be walked back and recalibrated to get more truthy. But you're forced to care, and if you don't care, you're the bad guy. I said this morning in my morning email that people don't care about this. People have to go fill up their gas. People have to fill up their car with gas. People are far more concerned with gas prices than what happened more than a year ago. And several members of the media who subscribed to my newsletter took issue with me and said, people have to care. People must care. This is very important. Maybe to you it is, but to them it's not. And the American people are not going to care about you and them and this unless they think you care about them. And the best you do to care about them is tell them how easy it is to plug in a battery-powered car that they can't buy. The American people aren't going to care about Congress on empty stomachs and empty pocketbooks. There are a lot of options out there. If you're a self-starter and you want to invest on your own, it can be really confusing. And I'm delighted to tell you about SoFi because that's who I use. And now I've got them as an advertiser. If you're a SoFi user, uh, my gosh, you get all sorts of options, great research. You get the ability to invest in stocks, EFTs, crypto, plan out your retirement. Uh, more importantly, you got people you can call on. I mean, for example, um, I can use SoFi to buy stocks and EFTs and do the deep dive research if I need to and get complimentary financial planners ready to help answer questions. Uh, you can too, whether you're stuck on where to start or need help deciding what to do next. You can even save for retirement with traditional Roth and SEP IRAs. They have so many options. If you're into crypto, you can also explore crypto. They've got 30 available coins, Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, Solana, Dogecoin, and so much more. But more importantly, they've got the number one ranked automated investment tool, their robo-advisor. It takes the stress out of building and managing a diversified portfolio without having to pay a bunch of experts to do it. I really like SoFi. Y'all, I've tried, you name it, and I probably tried it. And I settled on SoFi and think you will like it as well. Cut through the jargon, make investing easier with SoFi. Visit SoFi.com slash Eric to learn how you can win up to $1,000 in stock when you open an account. That's SOFI.com slash Eric. Brokerage and active investing products offered through SoFi Securities, LLC. Member FINRA. Pacific. 
Hi there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number, if you'd like to be a part of the program, 877-973-7425. Let me, well, let me put it to you this way. I think what happened on January 6th was bad. I think a group of people tried to storm into the United States Capitol to stop a basic function of the United States Congress and our constitutional electoral system. Unfortunately, the media and the Democrats have tried to extrapolate from that that it's all Trump voters. More than 70 million people voted for Donald Trump. It was a few hundred people. More people than that stormed into the United States Capitol because they saw a crowd go and thought, oh, I guess we can go see what's going on. A lot of people were charged with trespassing just because they were grandmothers who happened to walk in to see what all the commotion was about. There was a malcontented, malicious group of people who went in, zip ties and the like, who stormed into the Senate and the House, who erected a gallows to hang the vice president, who were searching for the vice president. There were malcontented souls, and we should not deny that. We should not view Ashley Babbitt as some sort of hero when she was on the side of the mob trying to break into the speaker's lobby. And if you ever watched the security video, you could literally see members of Congress running for their lives from this mob that was trying to smash the windows to get in to get them. But they failed. There are questions about how they were able to get in through the doors. Why security wasn't tighter. What did President Trump do or not do to get security there to protect the vice president and the Congress? They're legitimate questions. But those are not questions that need a primetime airing on television. And they are disproportionate to the amount of coverage that this is getting by the press, which brings it up every time to try to tie Republicans to it. For God's sakes, the New York Times did a whole story the other day on how this is the Democrats' opportunity to turn the tables and reset for the midterms. Very clearly, when the New York Times, a mouthpiece of the Democratic Party, is saying that this is about resetting the table for the midterms, that members of the media who are collaborating with airing this are collaborating with an in-kind contribution to the Democratic Party. When the New York Times is the one saying this. The Democrats want to use this as a partisan opportunity to blame all Republicans. I mean, literally, here is the story dated June 7th. 17 months after a mob of Donald Trump supporters stormed the Capitol with false claims of a stolen election, House Democrats plan to use a landmark set of investigative hearings beginning this week to try to refocus voter attention on January 6th, aiming to tie Republicans directly to an unprecedented plot to undermine democracy itself. With their control of Congress hanging in the balance, Democrats plan to use made-for-TV moments and a carefully choreographed rollout of revelations over the course of six hearings to remind the public of the magnitude of Mr. Trump's effort to overturn the election and to persuade voters that the coming midterm elections are a chance to hold Republicans accountable for it. That is an admission by the New York Times that what is happening on television tonight is a partisan orchestrated media spectacle designed to help the Democrats in November not to get to the truth of what happened. 
I don't understand why anyone in the media would want to go along with this. Media organizations that do are going to discredit themselves with conservatives. The media that does is going to discredit themselves with viewers overall. They're openly admitting that this is the case, that this is all about resetting the table for November. They can't reset for November. Have you seen what gas prices are? They're over $5 everywhere in the nation right now. You cannot get Republicans or Democrats or anyone else to blame Donald Trump when right now they're blaming the Democrats for the here and now, not the 18 months ago. That's the bottom line problem the Democrats have. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. Well, I was going to take a phone call, but he just hung up. Um, You know, uh... I want to let me just talk to you for for a bit here. First of all, I, I got to just I got to point out this ridiculous story. Um, the Department of Defense has decided to get rid of its longstanding rule against HIV positive members of the military serving in active duty combat. You got that? The Defense Department is saying, according to Fox News, uh, that they are getting rid of their rule. According to a document published Wednesday, individuals who are HIV positive are no longer barred from service. The document dated June 6 cites advances in medical technology as justification for the change in regulation. Effective immediately, individuals who are HIV positive but asymptomatic and with an undetectable viral load will be allowed to deploy. Individuals covered by the new policy cannot be separated from their peers or discharged due to their illness. What's remarkable here is that if you are HIV positive, you can now serve in the military in combat, but you get fired if you don't get the COVID vaccine. That's remarkable. So you have HIV that can be, particularly if you're in a combat situation and and you're bleeding, it's transmissible. But my gosh, you don't get the COVID vaccine, even if you don't have COVID, you're fired. It's remarkable uh, brilliance from the Biden administration. Now, about the Biden administration, I, I, I want to spend a moment with you, um, and I need to talk to you about the, the seriousness, and I don't mean to make light of the situation with January 6th. I think January 6th was bad. But I think a, a lot of things in Washington are bad. I, I think a uh, someone being inspired to gun down members of Congress because Democrats said the Republicans were going to kill people was bad. And I think uh, someone trying to murder a Supreme Court justice and his family was also bad. I just, I, I, I got, uh, just, just, I don't know, call me crazy. I, I think that words actually can provoke crazy people to do things. Now, there's more here. Why did people storm the Capitol on January 6th? Why are people so angry these days? A lot of it ultimately is they feel like on the right that people on the left are an existential threat to them. I mean, look at uh, the, the way schools are more and more foisting transgender indoctrination and critical race theory on kids. 
People on the left feel the same way about people on the right. Everybody views the other side as their enemy, not just their opponent these days. And the larger issue here is Washington is the be-all, end-all for everyone. I've mentioned this before. I get hate mail from a mostly older female crowd. It's mostly the women who are above 50 who get mad at me for saying this, but the reality is that your lives are not profoundly changed one way or the other who the president of the United States is. Your local school board, your local city council, even your state legislature is more likely to impact your life on a daily basis than anybody in Washington, D.C. And yet, we as a nation fixate on Washington as the be-all, end-all of all fights, that we must control Washington. And part of that is the Supreme Court. Because the Supreme Court, over the last few decades, has decided to interject itself into things that should be left into the democratic sphere. Everybody had to fight over Washington and control of the Senate to be able to shape the Supreme Court. Many of the things the Supreme Court is doing now are rolling back powers past Supreme Courts granted to the progressives who decided not to even make a play in democracy, but just hammer it out before a Supreme Court that would give them what they wanted. And now this Supreme Court is being accused of being activists for having the audacity to say, we never should have been involved in this business in the first place for exercising some level of humility. Both sides in Washington, D.C. need to exercise humility on the left and the right, the Republicans and the Democrats. People should stop relying on Washington, D.C. take guns. Rick Scott, United States Senator from Florida. When he was governor of Florida, Rick Scott signed into uh, law a piece of legislation that raised the age to buy rifles to 21. Naturally, Democrats thought, oh, well, we'll let Rick Scott, he'll, he'll vote for us at the federal level. And Rick Scott says, nope, I won't. This is a state level issue. It's not a federal issue. You can get it done quicker at the states than you can in Washington, and you should do it at the states. And some states may not want to do it. Some states may stay with 18 for rifles and 21 for handguns, but do it at the state level. Several states have in the last week done it while Congress is still talking about what to do. Several states in the last week have done it. Your states matter more. Things get done quicker at the state level. Your states matter more. Your states should matter more. But both Republicans and Democrats alike continue to tell people that the next election is going to be the most consequential election of their lifetimes. That the next election, if they don't win it, will be the beginning of the end, if not the end altogether. If you don't vote their way, the other side is going to destroy the country. No. Look, Joe Biden has certainly wrecked the economy. The Democrats have certainly spent a lot of money to wreck the economy. But I would note as well that about the only major thing they've been able to do is pass their COVID relief package, which caused inflation. And now the voters are going to turn them out of office. The only other thing they've been able to do is a bipartisan infrastructure bill that sent money back to states to build more roads. That's it. At the regulatory level, most every major regulation that the Biden administration has put in place has been put on hold by a federal judge. So it's really hard for me to accept that uh, Washington profoundly changes our lives on a daily basis. There are times Washington does. Obamacare changed our lives. 
Obamacare affected all of us and our businesses. But they had a majority of the House and they had 60 votes in the Senate. Elections have consequences and they had enough members in the Senate to overcome the filibuster to be able to do that. They don't now. They can't even get a majority of the Democrats to go along with scrapping the filibuster, or at least enough. I shouldn't say majority, two of them, but the reality is there are about 10 of them who don't want to do it. Elections do have consequences, but they have vastly more consequence at the state level and the local level. And the media, because it is a national media, fixates way more on Washington, D.C. than on the states. And many states have lost a lot of local news. A lot of of news channels have uh, downgraded their news because people want to be entertained. They don't want the news. Newspapers have gone out of business that would otherwise cover local elections, local corruption, local matters. A lot of local politicians can get away with stuff now they used to not be able to get away with because there isn't a robust local media. People want to be entertained, and the local news wasn't entertaining enough. And the national media has decided to make Washington blood sport to entertain you, capture attention, keep you engaged and passionate and enraged. When on a daily basis, your mayor is more likely to affect your life than your president, your governor is more likely to affect your life than your president. We had a mayor where I live. And he solved the gang problem. Got rid of gangs. The mayor single-handedly did what no president and no governor could do. He got rid of gang violence. Uh, In fact, this was before I was on radio. He was the mayor for eight years and brought gang violence down to zero. You know how we did it? Got rid of the gang task force and stopped counting crimes as gang violence. That's it. That's all he did. Fudged the paperwork. Got rid of the gang violence task force. Gang violence exploded as a result. The mayor impacted the lives of people in the city far more than the president of the United States ever could. He was term limited, gone. New mayor came in brought back the crime task force, brought back the gang violence task force, revved up the police force and helped actually reduce gang violence. The governor of my state, Brian Kemp here in Georgia, is expanding the gang task forces of the state. The attorney general, Chris Carr, is expanding gang task forces all over the state uh, at the regional and the county level to help combat gang violence. They're affecting crime and reducing crime in ways the president of the United States simply cannot because the president doesn't have that power. The powers of Washington, D.C. are very limited. But both sides want to play Washington for keeps. Why not at the state level? Why not at the mayoral level? Why not at the local level? Why is everyone so obsessed with Washington, the one place in the country that can change your life in less ways than any of the others? It's because the media focuses there. Even I, as a conservative talk radio show host, I focus on the national more than the local because the national is something we all have in common and the local depends on where you live. But while focusing on it, we need to keep things in perspective. They can't destroy your life. Now, are there people who want to destroy your life at the national level? You betcha. The Obama administration decided to sue nuns to force them to provide for abortions. They sued small Christian businesses to demand that they do it as well. 
And now their power to be able to do stuff like that is slipping away if the Supreme Court ever comes out with a Dobbs decision and it goes conservative's way. And the Dobbs decision will be a good decision because it will yet again restore power to the states and take it away from Washington, D.C. It will force the de-escalation of Washington, D.C. and force people to pay attention to the states more. It will be a good decision if it goes that way. Because so much of the angst that we have about Washington comes from the courts, not from the Congress, not from the president who can do very little. Their regulations can be put on hold by judges. Their regulations are slow to be enacted. And their regulations can be undone by the next administration. What Joe Biden does now can be completely undone by the next Republican president. What your governor does and what your state does is going to be harder to undo. Because oftentimes, at the state level, it's done through legislation. And at the local level, it becomes even harder to undo. Unless you get a critical mass of people who show up at a city council meeting. And very few people ever have the time to show up for a city council meeting. Look, I was on a city council Serve one term, worst job I ever had. My gosh, there's this thing called constituents. They tend to be stupid people with problems that are easily solved, and they need you to solve them for them because they're too stupid to figure it out. I'm sorry. I just I have little faith in humanity after being a lawyer and an elected official. People would show up at city council. They'd complain about potholes. They would complain about this, that, and the other. It's like, you know, you could pick up the phone and call the Department of Public Works, and they'd come fill your pothole. But instead, you want to come show up and give a three-minute rhyme and limerick on potholes. People are stupid and annoying. But the city council could fix the, get the pothole fixed. The president can't. Your daily life is far more impacted by your local community and by your local government. And very little in Washington ever changes. Even when the Republicans or the Democrats control it all, very little ever changes. Institutionally, Washington is designed to do far less. There are enumerated powers, there are checks and balances, and there is a very slow process to get things done. And yet the great freakout continues, so much so that on January 6th, a group of people thought they needed to go defend President Trump and save what they perceived to be a stolen election because they decided the other side was not their opponent, but their enemy, and they needed to stop the enemy. So this was war. And their enemy, their opponent, actually sees them as the enemy, as the bad guy, because no one ever knows anybody anymore. Nobody knows their neighbor. You want to get back to normalcy in this country? You want to restore normalcy? The media could do a lot to stop focusing every news story on Washington, D.C. and the ongoing shenanigans of Washington and start focusing on the news around the heartland that actually impacts you on a daily basis. The national media could do that. They can make it entertaining. They can make it newsworthy, but they won't because they want to focus on Washington because that's where they live. Just like when a snowstorm comes through New York City, the national media treats it as the biggest story of the day when it doesn't affect anyone outside of New York City. It's all about what they cover and how they cover it. And it's affecting our relations with each other when the reality is most people, regardless of their partisanship, are fairly decent human beings who just want to be left alone. But then that would be boring and no one would get ratings. I want you to not just get ratings. Well, you can't really get ratings, but you can get a highly rated air purifier for your house that plugs into the wall, or even you can use with a USB cord to put it in your car and clean out dirty air in the car. That would be the Eden Pure Thunderstorm, and you can get three of them for less than $200. You're saving $200. All you do is you go to EdenPureDeals.com. Eden, like the Garden of Eden, pure is the driven snow. EdenPureDeals.com. You will be greeted with a discount code box on the front page of that site, and you put in ERIC3, E-R-I-C-K-3. 
free. And when you click through, you'll go to the Eden Pure Thunderstorm three-pack deal where you get three of them. Each of them is over $100. But by using the discount code ERIC3, you get three of them for less than $200. So you're saving $200. You're getting them for less than $200, and you get free shipping. You get three of them, one for upstairs, one for downstairs, one for your basement or your car, your RV. I keep one in my suitcase when I travel just in case the hotel room or the rental car stinks. It eliminates odors. It also gets rid of the dust and the pollen. What you do is go to EdenPureDeals.com, use the discount code ERIC3. You get them sent to your house. You can thank me later. They're great. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm. It'll clean the air, eliminate odors, does just as advertised. You can even use a USB cord to power it. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you would like to be a part of this year's program, more than welcome to have you call in. Now, listen, I, I got a couple of emails from listeners during the break. Said, oh, but you're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Look at the, I, You weren't listening. I said the economy. The economy is the big one. There are ways that Washington affects your life. The economy is a big one. Those federal policies, they are big. I just want you to keep your, your perspective here. That yes, Washington affects your life, just not on a regular daily basis like your state and your local government. Doesn't mean it doesn't. Doesn't mean it can't. But try to keep some perspective here. Absolutely. Uh, this president and the Democrats were able to wreck the economy with their big spending. Absolutely. It's about all they've been able to do. And the voters in November, there will be a reckoning. Every two years, there's an election in this country, and you get to help rechart the direction of the country should uh, the situation uh, change. So keep that in mind. Keep that in mind. Um, I, I, I genuinely, truly think that if we could downplay what happens in Washington, uh, we would be better off if we sought the welfare of our local community, as scripture says, instead of making everything about Washington, we'd be better off. There are times you can't avoid it, certainly, when they screw up the economy like they have, the Democrats have, and there's going to be hell to pay on that. I actually want to talk about that when we come back, because Joe Biden went out yesterday on the Jimmy Kimmel show. And, uh, well, Joe Biden, he, um, well, he pulled a Joe Biden and we need to talk about Joe Biden because it, it's got to be noticeable to more than you and me that the man has problems and, and they can't hide behind the stutter on this stuff. He loses his train of thought. It's not that he stutters. It's that he makes no sense when he talks and it's becoming a real problem the Democrats don't seem to be able to know what to do with it. And the Democrats are starting to freak out about it because there's no message from the Democrats at all anymore. Uh, that's why they want so much exposure of the January 6th committee tonight is they need some way to get on a message that they think can help them. And, you know, Terry McAuliffe in Virginia was not able to use that as a message for victory. Yes, he incentivized and expanded the number of Democrats who would go vote for him, but he also emboldened a bunch of independent voters to vote for Glenn Youngkin by being so out of touch and so focused on just uh, Donald Trump and January 6th. It didn't work for the Democrats in Virginia, and it's not going to work for him nationally either. But Joe Biden, he says he's got a message. He just doesn't know what it is.